What do you wish you had known at the beginning of your entrepreneurial career that if you'd known then, it would have saved you six months, 18 months, something like that. What could you tell yourself two years ago, five years ago, that would fast track your success to get you to a profitable point sooner because there's so many people who are where you were one, two, five, six years ago. That's really powerful. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, we have a truly inspiring guest with us. She's an entrepreneur, a mentor, and a visionary in the world of personal finance and marketing. Join me in welcoming the incredible Kathleen as she shares her remarkable journey and the defining moments that led her to the path of success and empowerment. But before we dive in, a quick shout out to all of you tuning in while driving, working, or simply seeking inspiration. We're thrilled to have you here. So let's embark on a journey of rediscovery and inspiration. And remember, the road to greatness starts with just one step. Let's begin. Kathleen, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Janae. Dude, so excited to have you here. Number one, let's. what I love to do is introduce you to our audience, to the people, to the one guy driving his car on 95 going up to New Jersey because you got to commute and you, you got to listen to some good, good conversation. Let's take a walk through memory lane and rediscover your origin story. I'm sure you've got a lot of different stories, but let's pick the one that was one of the defining moments in your life that helped you to become who you are today. I was born on a wintry, no, we don't have to go back that far, but I do remember early on, I was probably 10 or 11 and I was in the car with my whole family and I looked and I said, I really like that car. And I think it was a Lexus. We'll call it a Lexus because it could have been a Lexus. Sure. And my dad said, you should marry rich if you want a car like that. Mm. And a fire was lit under me that day. I was mad, really mad about that kind of 
comment because mm. how dare you? I'm not even in high school yet. How dare you think that I don't, won't have the earning potential of that? Yeah. And another defining moment from my life, which happened much later on, was my mom was really sick. Um, and at work, she was trying to get medical leave and was trying to get an early retirement through a medical thing. And she was thinking, oh, it would be this great loophole and I'll get to retire early. And she didn't live long enough to do mm. that. And I thought those two things combined with the idea that I would need to find someone else to earn for me. And the fact that my mom died trying to get out of her job meant that entrepreneurship was my path mm. for me. And it was a that was my, those are my big defining why I keep doing all this. Cause I, we're not doing it just to work hard and work from home and not have to put on high heeled shoes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Those for me, it was, it's much bigger than that. I want my kids to see something different than what I saw. Wow. That is a very inspirational start for an 11 year old. What? I need to marry rich just to be able to afford that car. No, thank you. I'm don't find talk to your kids like that, Junaid. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I try to encourage them and I'm always asking them, hey, do you have an idea that you want to write a book around? Do you have an idea that you want to create a story around? They're like, no, not today. I'm just going to color. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very inspirational when you have access to that kind of conversations or access to that kind of information. And what's really cool is as we're growing up, we're going to have different mentors that come and that basically come and go in our lives. So it's really sure. cool. That was a motivating aspect in your life that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little more as that 11 year old girl grew up, what was some of the moves that you made to get to where you are today? Yeah, so I went the traditional employment route for a while. Uh, graduated with a degree in politics. I moved out to D.C. as one does <laughs> when you graduate <laughs> with a degree in politics. Yeah. I lived there for about four years, realized I didn't want to be in politics. It's a heck of a lot meaner than they tell you it's going to be in school. Mm -hmm. So I came, I moved home to Portland, Oregon, and started working for small businesses and then had some personal finance missteps, which we don't have to get into in this conversation. Sure. Yeah. But I, what that led me to was to start a personal finance blog in 2011. I was 30 years old. I had a mountain of credit card debt and I just decided to start writing my way out of it. And it was great. It was really fun to write to write and write and write and write and realize that the the little comments on my blog posts were actually mm -hmm. connected to real people, yeah. which I know sounds ridiculous in 2023, but was <laughs> not at all ridiculous in 2011, 2012. Yeah. And I built a strong presence in that corner of the internet in that space. And that led to a blogging career in a, at a content marketing agency. So that's also the dawn of content marketing. Mm -hmm. And I was able to leverage my experience on a personal blog. That was cool. You could hear that. So I was able to leverage my experience on a personal blog to continue to get corporate jobs. And one of the corporate jobs I had was a, a work from home job, which again, 2023, 
does not sound like a big deal, but this was a hundred percent corporate in 2014, excuse me, a hundred percent remote in 2014. And what it meant for me, hang on, I'm going to turn on, do not disturb. Turn on, do not disturb. Turn on, do not disturb. I should have done that before. <laughs> no problem. We didn't hear um, anything. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So what that turned into was I was able to leverage writing about personal finance to getting a job as a blog manager mm. for an inbound marketing company that was 100% remote and that it's a slippery slope into working for yourself. When somebody can pay you to work remotely, then you think, yeah. gosh, I could probably do the same thing and trade this W-2 job for the whole host of clients. Mm -hmm. And then I went and worked with a friend in the personal finance podcast space. And we went, I I partnered on his podcast and we went from pre-revenue to mid six figures per year. We were monetized and successful. And at that point, this was about 2018, I thought, I think I'm done with personal finance. It's spend less, earn more, invest the difference. Every single piece of content in the personal finance space has some variation on those three themes. And I had gotten out of debt and I was done talking about money. And what I had seen was an opportunity to help those people who were actually doing the work to help people fix their finances my opportunity was to help them make more money doing that. You can't pour from an empty cup. You can't help people with their finances if you can't pay your rent. So what I ended up doing was creating a marketing company and those were my initial clients. Man, that's a really powerful story. Going through the journey yourself of solving your own problem and then going on and say, hey, I'm done with this part because I've graduated, I'm out of it, but I can help others who are going through the same struggle because now you can see the label from the outside for them mm-hmm. when they couldn't see it themselves. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what's the uh, next topic or where do we go next from this? Because you've already done it. So now you're right. running... So I went, so then I had a marketing agency and then I created another marketing agency with a business partner and it was focused primarily on content marketing. And I still believe very strongly in content marketing, but my skill set isn't set to run an agency. Right. It's more about ideation and that initial spark. Because what my strength is, I can look at somebody's business and I can say, hey, have you thought about X, Y, Z? And they think, no. I say, if you do just these few little tweaks, you can make a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And they, most of them don't believe me. Half of them do it, even if they don't believe me. And they come back to me a few months later and they say, I didn't believe you, but that worked. And so what now I've done is I've turned that skill set into an opportunity where I can work one-on-one with people and help them figure out how to productize their service in a way that brings in passive income. Productizing their services. That's a really powerful thing. And something that Jonathan Stark and 
the guy from Future, Chris Doe, always talk about productizing your services because then it makes it scalable for your time, mm-hmm. right? Something that's not scalable is how much time we have. But if you productize your service, then you can make more money in the same amount of time. All right. So that kept going. You were inspired. You had tons of motivation that inspired you to go th- to go do this for others. You built this system to help others. You then formed your now company, the well-paid expert. Yep. And now I'm working with people to help them uncover new ideas for productization, for creating leveraged income streams, for the making the money and the sleep idea. It's not really passive income, but it's Mm -hmm. passive income the same way writing a book is passive income. Yeah. There's nothing passive about writing a book. There's nothing passive about creating these things, but the money comes in at scale. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's really powerful. So as you uh, accomplish so many beautiful, what do you call those? I am so lost of word. You've you've been in, you've been featured in a lot of different publications like Yahoo Finance, U.S. News, Women's Day, Kiplinger. That's really goes to show that if you spend the time into pouring the knowledge from your brain onto an online platform like your blogging, it is going to you are going to get noticed, and you love. You you said, I'm still a believer of content marketing. And the funny thing is, content marketing is making a huge comeback in 2023. According to the report done by Social Media Examiner earlier this year at their conference, people, not just big publications, but there are now niche small publications that are looking for content writers so that they can build up their own platform. And it's now so much more easier to create content thanks to the platform that's now available. I'm loving it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't going to say AI, but somebody mentioned to me earlier, you can't say AI or you can't say Janaid without AI. (laughs) That's true. That's true. You can't spell it. You can't spell (laughs) it. I like that. I like that. And it's true because we could have the same conversation that I see 15 times a day, whether yes, whether AI is going to replace us. But And then the response is always, no, you can't replace your personality. Yeah. And that's enough. I don't, we don't need to touch we on that. We don't need to talk more about it. Yeah. AI does help with productization because it can help you think outside the box. It can mm-hmm. help you build an outline for how you would productize your services. And yes. it's, it helps get you there faster, right? If somebody gives you 10 ideas and nine are stupid, but one is good and it only took you 30 seconds to get those 10 ideas, you're still coming out ahead. Mm -hmm. 100%, you are coming out ahead and it is a tool that is literal firepower. If you were to hand somebody a gun and somebody a flamethrower, this is a flamethrower because of the massive information that you get back in the time savings as well. And yeah. the better we learn how to use this tool, the better we will be the ones replacing other people's jobs. Or it's not AI replacing jobs, it's the people who are using the technology that are replacing other people's jobs. And AI replaces the parts that I never liked anyway. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> content pillars and ideation and oh giving 10 viral sounding <laughs> titles for a blog post. I don't like any of that. And uh -uh. that's fine if somebody else will, will do that. And it's fine if it's somebody that I have to pay, what is it, like one cent per mm -hmm. hundred words or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. It's, <laughs> it's not that bad. But what's really amazing about what AI can do in, in, in this world that we're changing in, depending on when this podcast airs, we're already in a world living in AI side by side. It actually reminds me of the latest movie by The Matrix's fourth edition, right? Where there's robots working side by side with humans growing plants. I'm like, that's literally what AI and humans working together would look like. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, I think it's funny. The backlash about it is funny because it's just too late. Like, what did you think the algorithm was? If you're mad about AI right now, what yeah. did you think when you were talking about the algorithm mm -hmm. five years ago? What did you think that was other exactly. than machine learning? And what's funny is that we 97 of the people using smartphones have been using AI on their smartphones for the past even just google decades. when you're when google helps you finish a sentence on a google yeah, search or in a google doc AI. what do you think that is like it's <laughs> it's too late to be worried about it they're already taking it yes <laughs> yes agreed agreed i love it all right kathleen let's take a quick five minute break and when we get back you've got three hacks to share for our supper you've got three hacks to share for our superpreneurs we'll be right back Hey guys, welcome back. We've been speaking with Kathleen Selman. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Hey guys, welcome back. We've been talking with Kathleen Selwyn. It's been really amazing as we talked about her journey, but she's got some hacks for you guys to take away and take action on and apply it towards on what you're working on. So Kathleen, take it away. Yeah. So if you are thinking about productizing your services, if you think maybe you can't do it or you're stuck, A, that's what I'm here for, but B, there's two ways to think about it. You can either teach productize some piece of what you do for your current clients, whether that's the entire start to finish process for what you do for your clients or one little piece of it. 
there's a lot of different ways you can productize that without it actually interfering with the people that are going to pay you top dollar for your services. People get caught up on that. Let's say you're a web designer and the, your concern is that if I show everybody exactly how to do their own websites, no one will ever hire me. And that's just not true. People will continue to hire you mm -hmm. similarly to how they'll still go to your restaurant, even if they bought your cookbook. Uh, the other way to think about it is what would, what do you wish you had known at the beginning of your entrepreneurial career that if you'd known then, it would have saved you six months, 18 months, something like that. What could you tell yourself two years ago, five years ago, that would fast track your success to get you to a profitable point sooner? Because there's so many people who are where you were one, two, five, six years ago. That's really powerful. Prioritizing your service or pieces of your service that you already do automating creating it so that you don't have to physically do that every single time and the second one that you said i can't remember. business building there's like building. people who think I, ha I had someone i talked to someone who said i just don't know if that would work for me hmm. because i don't think i can't think of anything that i do that like other than I, I'm able to onboard my contractors yeah. in less than two weeks with very little friction. What do you mean? That There it is. There's your answer. Everybody wants to do that. Yeah. Especially if, if they've had experience hiring contractors that was, let's say, more filled with friction. Mm -hmm. uh, the other place to look when you're brainstorming is the things that you say just in front of. So... I have a friend who's excellent with Excel. Well, it's just pivot tables and sorting things and stuff. What many people, me included, brains don't work in Excel format mm -hmm. at all. I, <laughs> and would pay for learning how to do that or pay someone to do that for it. So like those types of things were the closer you get the to mastery, the more you think everybody has the mm. same skills you do. And so look for that word when you're thinking, when you're brainstorming with somebody else. Oh, it's just how I do my bookkeeping so that it's always uh, rock solid and I always know my profit margins. Okay, again, lots of people's brains. The marketing yeah. brain doesn't work like that. This one, uh -uh. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Those are some really awesome tips. Thank you so much for sharing. What's the number third one? So you got the first hack practice that productize small pieces of your business number two think business building pieces. so yeah teach your teach your past self number three is look for the word just and then if you're stuck the my last piece of advice is if it's easy for you to create it's easy for your customers to consume and we get caught mm. up as creators in making something complicated because we think it has to be complex in order to sell, but it doesn't have to be. If you can make it easy, if you can make something that is hard for people, easy for them, you're well on your way. Can I raise my hand to say that I always do that? Yeah, so do I. <laughs> like, wow, this seems like, too easy. I'm not gonna keep doing this. Who's gonna buy this? It's, this is too easy. 
Let me make mm-hmm. it more complex so they Let can me be like, okay, this videos around. so that nobody <laughs> will ever look at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Oh my God. Crazy. All right. The one question that I like to ask Kathleen with all my guests is what, why do you podcast and what has it done for you? I don't even have my own podcast, but I just love I don't have my own podcast yet, but maybe by the time you publish this, I will, because I just love having conversations Mm -hmm. with people who are great at what they do and think about the world a little bit differently. And that's the networking that I don't get to do when I am working from home. It's the the thing that I get to learn about how people's minds work, how their businesses work and how they're making money on their expertise. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was very powerful. All right. We had, we've had our origin story. We've had the three hacks. We've had the wider podcast. Let's jump into the rapid fire questions that I love to ask my guests. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. Number one, what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? We were joking about this offline. (laughs) Other than buying domains at a young age, (laughs) when I was like playing on Prodigy and AOL, I wish I had listened to my calling toward yoga a Mm. lot younger than I did. Today, I'm someone who's in a yoga studio eight times a week. If I had done that before, maybe I'd have a headstand by now. There we go. Starting yoga early. I like that. Maybe I should just start yoga. (laughs) What did you want to be when you were a child? So I can answer this with certainty because I just cleaned out my parents' house and they kept everything from (laughs) my elementary school. And I opened a notebook from sixth grade that said that I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be an actress and I was going to make it. And I don't know where that enthusiasm went because after elementary school, I never did drama. I was in a school play in sixth grade and that like I peaked early, but the reading it was really embarrassing and also very sweet where it was, I want to be in front of people. I want to be on stage. I love to be the center of attention. Yeah. But what is this? That's right. This is, this is exactly the same thing. All right, number three, what is your favorite movie or TV show? Right now, I'm loving Succession. Ooh, I haven't jumped into that one yet. It's a good score. There's absolutely no one to root for. Oh, and, okay. Oh, my gosh, no one to root for. Everybody is terrible. Oh, my God, um, okay. And it's wonderful. The It's beautiful. I also really like the Perry Mason mm-hmm. re- reboot on HBO. Yeah, because I was a kid who watched old reruns of Perry Mason on sick days. Very nice, very nice. I like it. And what about a favorite movie? I don't know. I can't. I don't know about favorite movies. Okay. I did, I'm talking about the last movies I've seen just would show you how young my kids are. <laughs> the next question is going to be fun because the question is, what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? obviously one where I could fly. <laughs> I don't there know about you, but as a kid, I really wanted to be 
Superman like flying through the air. All right. I still think about that in airports. I'm like, man, if I could just be out there, <laughs> then I wouldn't have to be in the airport. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to be able to, I don't need to wait for an airplane to take me somewhere. I could just right. get up and fly and go there. I like it. All right. Next one is who is your favorite superhero? Obviously. Batman. It's Batman. Okay. It's Batman. I so Batman can't fly, but he can he could fly. He has a, cool stuff. He's though. got cool like, stuff. He has really cool stuff. He's got yeah, um, you gotta give him that. He doesn't have a fortress of solitude, but he has everything else. Yeah, he's got the car and yeah, we played Batman a lot as kids. Yeah, I love it. All right, last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? If I were a board game. So we do family game night at my house every Friday. It's very fun. It's mm -hmm. teaching sportsmanship to, to a couple of young people who apparently very much need it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and right now we're playing Carcassonne, where we lay down tiles and we build paths and we it's a team game. But the young people in my family probably need to work on a co-op type of game. So <laughs> we're working on getting one of those in the rotation. Very cool. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. This was a lot of fun. So Where can, fun. thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Where can my superpreneurs find you? Thewellpaidexpert.com. I love it. So go check out thewellpaidexpert.com. Links to that will also be included in the show notes and additional stuff where you can connect with uh, Kathleen here is also on her website. Thank you again, Kathleen, so much. Thanks catch you in the next episode thank you thank you for listening to this hacks and hobbies episode Junaid would love to hear from you so please leave a rating or a review on apple podcasts visit hacksandhobbies.com to find additional information on the guest today as well as the show notes